the football neophyte, where an American who knows a lot about sports but little about soccer journeys through the 2018-19 Premier League season to discover a team to root for. Welcome to this week's episode of the Football Neophyte Podcast. As always, I am Nate Hughes, and I'm here with uh, my friend, Gabe Cooper. We are actually in person, which is nice for a change. Gabe, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, Nate, thanks for having me on. It's been uh, it's been great listening to some of the podcasts that you've done to this point, so I'm stoked to be here. Thanks. Um, if you remember, maybe from my first podcast... Gabe is one of the guys who sold me out, who was supposed to be a, a co-host of this thing. And uh, so I've brought him in now to represent Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Life caught up with me. No, but. I understand. This is, it's, a, it's a massive undertaking. Okay, so Gabe, tell me, how did you become, you're an American, so as Americans, we have to kind of choose our teams more or less mm-hmm. in the EPL. How did you become a fan of Chelsea? Yeah, it's a good question. So I was a soccer fan my entire life from the time I was little. I was born in 1975. And so at the time, there's no way to watch soccer here. Yeah. Right. So I actually grew up loving uh, AC Milan and the Dutch. Like That's I love. AC yeah. Milan is my traditional team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And partially because you have these like Rijkaard and Goulet and Van Basten, who are these like sort of classic guys that all were Dutch guys and came through Milan and other great Roberto Donadoni played on Milan. So these big personalities. It's a little older. Like I'm like yeah. Gattuso. I'm like the Italian <laughs> yeah, yeah, Italian yeah, yeah, yeah. guys. That's right. Gattuso is like my. Yeah. Maybe my all-time favorite yeah. player. He's the most rough-and-tumble guy. You I know, love Just it. mean and mean awesome. And, yes, yeah. I love him. So uh, that I grew up liking them, but it's just because I could get little clips of them here and there, right? Same with, uh, I liked Aston Villa at the time. And there's this guy, Cyril Regis, who's one of the sort of great scorers in English soccer. And this um, moved the ball forward for race a lot, actually, in the EPL, along with a couple other guys in like the 70s and 80s. So those were my teams. Got it. But I couldn't watch them. I'd, yeah. I had VHS tapes that I would like get bootleg from English friends, right? So in in the early 2000s in the U.S., we finally get the EPL on TV. I think sort of um, in the wake of some of the horrible stuff that happened um, in English soccer in the 90s, you sort of have the EPL birthed out of that as you see like some of the hooliganism move away and it become yep. a, sort of this proper international sport, the EPL forms. As part of that, um, uh, Roman comes in and buys Chelsea. Yeah. And, and, and when he did, does, Chelsea goes from this sort of like middling, mediocre team to like this rock star team with all, they're like the Yankees and because so, they have the money because they have the money yeah okay. and as a guy who doesn't like spending money to make a team it's a little ironic that I like Chelsea but the when I started watching soccer all the time is when Roman came in and started splashing around money and so when I started watching there's these guys like Frank Lampard and Joe Cole and Didier Drogba and they're just like amazing Flor Maluda all of these amazing players and I'm like these guys are awesome. And so I had to pick an EPL team. I, I had already built up a hatred for Man U, so I'm like, I'm taking As Chelsea. most people, yeah. I think, who aren't Man U fans, That's right. right. That's exactly right. When I think that's it, it is interesting. Even as I go on this journey, it's really hard for me as I'm like tr- each week taking on like the fandom of a team. Yeah. It's really hard for me to get super, super excited about some of the lower level teams because they just don't have that star power. 
Yeah. It's super fun to watch the teams with the star power. So it yeah. absolutely makes sense how yeah. you're coming into fandom, yeah. you choose a team with lots of star power. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. they're going to be on TV every week. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. So you get only so many games. So if you, you love Swansea, there's no, you're not probably going to get them every week in the yeah. U.S., but you get Chelsea almost every week, which is great. That's right. I mean, I think actually out of all the matches I've watched, I think I've probably seen Chelsea the most because yeah. they've been the opponent of Crystal yeah. Palace or right. whoever it might be, you yeah. know. So, okay, so that's how you become a fan. Um, tell me a little bit about Chelsea and, and yeah. their history. You mentioned, obviously, Roman buying the team in the early 2000s, but but give me a bit more about, about Chelsea. Where are they yeah. located? Yeah. All that. Yeah. So um, uh, they're in a sort of a swankier part of London on uh, Fulham Road, and so they have this this storied stadium that's been around forever. It's actually probably due for a pretty big remodel. It's called Stanford bridge. I think it's been there since 1905. Jeez. And so it's just great old stadium. Uh, they've, they've done work to it over time. In the early days, it was a bunch of a dudes, you know, standing out on a berm, drinking something that looked like bone broth. And that, that was like it, right? Yep. So it's definitely come a long way since then, but that's the history. And again, they've been sort of a, a middle of the pack team. I think they had, you know, maybe a league title in the 50s. Um, they had this guy, Zola, that came along in more recent history that sort of uh, made a name. He's actually sort of part of the staff right now on the team. And so there's a little bit of a history there, but it's really not until the early 2000s that you see Chelsea come on. Now, the funny part... When you part, say middle, do you mean like middle of the Premier League or had they were they ever relegated down to championship? You know, I don't know. I don't know sort of our relegation history and the sort of the history before the EPL is a little fuzzy on me yeah. too. But um, but they may have been relegated a few times. I don't know. They were never great yeah right? they're so always sort of middle of the road i'm sure they did were relegated a few times over that history yeah um so yeah i mean that's that's it there's not much that the one thing the the sort of the blight on chelsea is we um before becoming sort of the plastics and this rich guy team we we're kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum right we had a uh what's called a firm or the the hooligan group around chelsea was notoriously a little rough uh-huh. right i'm Sort of not maybe not Millwall quality bad, but but certainly not great. Um, problems with racism historically and all yeah. this kind of stuff. So there's definitely a dark history that came with this. What was maybe a more blue collar club before the money came in. Got it. Yeah. Um, why the Blues? I mean, there's a lot of other blue teams. Why do you why why do you guys get to claim that? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like the the you know the Reds or the Blues or whatever. I mean the the, the team names, this is part of why I like um, English soccer as opposed to some American sports where you're, you're, you're sort of choosing this name and, um, and you want it to have a lot of sort of meaning attached to it. Yeah. In England, it just seems like they, they sort of cobbled together some dude that lived in a town 200 years ago with somebody's grandma's name with some color. And that's like, you know, half the teams, you don't even know their nickname. Like, we're the Blues. Yeah. Like half the teams in the Premier League, I'm like, I don't even know what they're called. Yeah. But in those cases, I might know the name of the stadium because that's the famous that's thing. Right. So it's yeah. just like, it's this arbitrary mishmash of who the heck knows. I'm sure some Chelsea fan knows exactly sort yeah. of how we can own that name and nobody yeah. else can. But yeah. yeah, that's funny. How about uh, you mentioned plastics a little bit? Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, I, I like to me, like that. Maybe it came about after you became a fan, so you just inherit the name. 
But as yeah. someone like choosing a team, it's a huge deterrent for yeah. me to be like, oh, great. Here's another like plastic, right? Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I think part of it's our, our location within the city yeah. is in a rich part of the city. Part of it is that um, uh, um, Roman, I, like I love him. I'm so grateful for what he said for the club. He's maybe a little bit more garish and showy mm-hmm. with wealth. And so part of it comes from that because the reality is, like if I look around the league right now, Liverpool um, brought in some really rich American dudes that spent a lot of money and, you know, City brought in a bunch of oil money, you know, from, sure, yeah. you know, the Middle East that, and so everybody's done it. Certainly United, I think, is the most valuable franchise in the world up there with like, I think the Dallas Cowboys or the other yeah. one, right? Yeah. And so they're spending money like crazy. So it's not like, if you say, well, Chelsea's spending all the Was, money, that's not necessarily true anymore. Do you think anymore. some of it's because Chelsea, and I don't know, but was Chelsea kind of one of the first mm-hmm. teams to be purchased from For the sure. outside? So, and I wonder if some of it's like the, I don't know, disdain for Russian money. I don't mm-hmm. know if that plays a role too, where. Yeah. I think it was part their location in the city. And so there's already that sort of like Kensington posh, yeah. posh kind of thing. Yeah. And then part of it, because they, they were one of the first. So at the time you have. Like Liverpool has this great story. They're much more struggling, blue collar. They're bringing kids up for within their system. They're yeah. right on the brink of being successful. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Chelsea comes in and just starts throwing money around everywhere. And what is Chelsea like? What like they've been nothing. Now they're throwing yeah. all this money around. So I think at that moment in time, yeah, that it just sense. created a lot of hatred. Because that is like Premier League now. And I think even like it if is. I had money, yeah, I think the most fun thing to do would be to buy. Like a League Two team, yeah, and for just sure. try and like get them into the Premier League, yeah. by just throwing money. At. How fun would that be, yeah. right? Actually, so there's think, a couple of ex Man U players that have like done that now. They bought like some little, and they're like crushing it, yeah. coming up through. And yeah, why not? I mean, that would be super fun. So yeah. I think that's just the nature of the Premier League as it stands, right? Where yeah, back then in the early 2000s and the 90s, it was like frowned upon more. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. And most of the money was coming from within England, yeah. and so having outside money. Now, it's, yeah, it's just a timing problem. I mean, we yeah. are not unique now. I mean, yeah, we're, they, that nickname still holds, but we're you know probably one of the less plastic teams of the top five at this point. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, tell me about – so another thing that is super fun and brilliant and amazing about English soccer is the chance, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Chance about players, chance about opposing <laughs> players, chance about managers. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's brilliant. So, yes. tell me, is does Chelsea have a main a main song that's kind of the go to when they run out? Yes. Or uh, and and if so, I'm also curious, like which one for you do you just love? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, every team has, and there's a whole set and like chant leaders and all this yep. kind of stuff, and and half the stuff um, uh, you couldn't repeat it on easily on a podcast or broadcast. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard some, one of the best ones, this is not a Chelsea one, but um, at the point where uh, Arsenal has, they were just paying off their stadium. Arsene Wenger was there. They probably had a couple of holes in their lineup and there were, there was a perception among the fan base that they weren't spending enough money. Uh-huh. So I was at the Emirates watching Arsenal play Manchester okay. United and the whole of the crowd, I swear, everybody at the Emirates, at the top of their lungs, is chanting, spend some effing money, spend some effing money. And I'm like, okay, that's 
foul. Yeah. But also incredibly sophisticated for 50,000 people to understand the ins and outs of their sort of spending habits and budget. So that's amazing. That's not a Chelsea one, but I thought that's these fans are a different level. Yeah, that's great. Um, Chelsea, uh, there's a bunch. We love chanting people's names. It used to be, you know, John Terry over and over again when he was there, whoever it is. Um, the, the standard one that you hear from most fans is uh, carefree wherever we may be because we are the famous CFC. We don't really care whoever you may be because we are the famous CFC. So that's the that's like sort the of the standard. Yeah. Like any time you guys see a bunch of blokes walking down the street, that's the one that everybody's belting out. So Got it. That's kind of one of my favorite go-tos. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, the match. There's been a slew of matches over the last few weeks. We're sitting here at yeah. the beginning of January. More matches to come. Yep. All these cup matches going on. So uh, I'm going to ask some general questions, not necessarily about a specific match, but just a couple questions about the team and about yep. what's happening. Um, so first thing, I just wanted to ask about Giroud. I hear this comment again yep. in the Crystal Palace match. They say, this is sixth start. He hasn't been starting much. I thought he was better than that. I was just surprised. Tell me uh, why he's not playing a lot more. Yeah. What's going on with that? Yeah. So our, our biggest problem right now, and you'll hear this from any Chelsea fan, is is the number nine. So it's that center forward target position. We yeah. um, we brought in this guy, Murata, who was supposed to be sort of the savior. And he's really, you can even see in this last game, he had, he had two goals, but his he also booted one over from like a foot out uh-huh. and just his body language is yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yep. horrible. Um, but he, he has not been it at all. And so we sort of brought in Drew, which is this sort of, you know, seasoned, you know, crusty guy. And, and I love Drew in his heyday, but he's just, he hasn't really delivered either. And so in some sense, most Chelsea fans will say we're a team without a number nine right now. Like nobody is stepping up as that, as that goal score and and drew i think it may just be i think the guy just maybe passed his prime and i yeah. hate to say that because i love the guy yeah right you know yeah. i hope he's not listening because i'd love to you know have a beer with him one day but, <laughs> yeah but i think he I just think maybe he probably i think he's probably one of the 30 listeners i have so yeah that's uh, sorry great. that's great sorry. i really hope so <laughs> okay so um so yeah talk a little bit about not having the the number yep. nine player yep. and how you're because it I know that traditionally Chelsea has been a passing dominant team, kind yep. of hold your formation type yep. type team. Yep. But with Sari coming in, it's a bit changed. Explain mm-hmm. that and how yeah. they're doing that without the nine, the traditional nine. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, our, our the type of team we are has changed over time. Under um, Jose Mourinho, kind of when we were winning a lot of silverware, hardware, um, we were very much a a counter-attacking team. So Jose Mourinho loved to kind of hold the shape, like strong back line and score goals on the counter-attack, more wide open counter-attacking play, but just a, but on the back end, a very safe, solid team. Sari plays way more on the front foot. And so we're spending way more time in our offensive third now, uh, passing it around. But for that to work, what you have in like this Bournemouth or Leicester Crystal Palace or some of these teams that we've played, they just park a bus. I mean, they get their, like, all 11 guys back behind the ball. And so you have to have these moments of brilliance and creativity to sort of get around and and create a goal if you play that way, which is, it's beautiful to watch. I love it. I love that we're playing that style. But we just haven't found the guy that can, like, 
consistently finish and score goals. Um, so I don't know. That's been one of the toughest parts to watch us play under or watch us under this new style. But I think it's more of just a, a, a player personnel issue than anything else at this point. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, when we were talking ahead of time about Hazard and, and what they're doing with him a yep. little bit. Can you yep. talk about that? Yeah. So I I don't think anybody else likes this. I, th- I think Sorry kind of does. I don't think Hazard likes it very much. But um, in the City game where we won a couple of other games where we've had guys out hurt, he's actually playing like a false nine. Okay. So we don't play a center forward at all. We just play... Like Hazard kind of like the center forward, but he's allowed to roam and sort of come back and get the ball. Um, people like him on the outside because he can create a lot of space and he's a quick player. Yeah. But when he was at that false nine, now we have this attacking threat in the middle and he has a nose for goal. And so like we can put some goals away. Now it's a very non-traditional way to play. It's almost more of a Spanish style, but I think with our current personnel, even though Eden may not like it as much, it's like, I think it's more productive way for us to play. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I saw in, in one of the matches, they mentioned that Conte was playing up a lot more. Mm-hmm. Is that also an, an effort to uh, create more chances or what's what's going on with that? Yeah, that's a good question. So Conte is a just great holding midfielder. I mean, people that watch the World Cup like got to see this guy and he's just so aggressive and so fast. He's a small dude, but he's like fast and aggressive. But because he's so good at winning the ball on defense, he hasn't had much permission to roam. And I think Sarri's given him permission to sort of make these, like, reaching, rampaging runs up top, right? And you yeah. so you saw this pay off a couple of games ago. Um, he makes his run out of nowhere, and David Luiz plays him a pass. He chests it and knocks it in the goal. I think and that it, might have, it was one of the matches that was. Yeah, it yeah. was a Crystal Palace match or That's something. right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And nobody's looking so I. I love that he's yeah, doing that. Yeah, because there's wide open space. He just ran through Wide it. open, yeah. yeah. And he can actually score goals, and he's good in the offensive third, too. So I'm glad. Same with um, Marcos Alonso is in a great form right now, but sorry he's given Alonso, who's one of the defenders, this permission to run up. And Aspilicueta will, like, run up. So he gives these guys, you know, it's like you don't have to stay there. Like, get up and make a difference in the offensive third. So yeah. it's super fun. Yeah. So we're sitting at the beginning part of the transfer window, and Chelsea's already made a big announcement, not yeah. for this season, yeah. but for the summer, and that's yeah. with Pulisic coming over. Yeah. Uh, talk about that. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, like, it's hard not to be biased around this, right? Of like, course. I'm, a, I'm an American who has a bunch of kids. I have, you know, four boys playing or have played in the, the U.S. club soccer program. So to see a kid come out of our ranks and play on my favorite team, Chelsea, I am so stoked. Yeah, right? that's great. So um, uh, uh, trying to look at it more objectively, part of the problem is, is we're so deep in the midfield position right now. Yeah. And so, you know, you could say... Williams probably my favorite player on Chelsea. Yeah. He's he's also getting a little long in the two, so you could say, well, you know, coming up the wing as as he sort of transitions out, you have to have somebody. But then on the bench we have, um, like, uh, Adoy, um, Callum Hudson Adoy, who's an amazing player. We have Ruben Loftus Cheek, who's an amazing player. We have you know, all of these guys like Hazard's on the other side, and so. So maybe you say, well, maybe Eden goes to Real Madrid at some point, and so you yeah. need a, somebody to fill in there. But it's just like we're so deep. It may be a couple of years before he gets a lot of playing time. 
And you wonder if that's good for him. I mean, that was some of the commentary beforehand, right? Yeah. It's like, is this the best move even for his development? Yeah. Because he's not going to have as much opportunity to play. I even heard some people yeah. saying a team like Tottenham, who's got a great like starting 11, but isn't quite as deep. Yeah. He would have a lot more opportunity to play, but yeah. And yes, I mean, I think, I think there's some, some truth to that, but if you're going to be a great, I mean, I think you have to play for one of the top teams yeah. and, and there's, and that's a list of like five teams in England. It's a list of, you know, two, in two, each other two country, or right? three in yeah. Spain, two or three in Italy, maybe. Yep. And so it's a short list. And so I think if you want to be great, like you have to go for those teams and work your way in. One, one of the nice things about Chelsea and the other teams is that because there's so many cup games where we advance and we're playing in Europe, like this time of year, especially there's so many games. And so you're seeing like a couple of guys get knocks and go down with injuries. You're seeing, you know, two or three games in a week. And so you're seeing guys like Ruben Loftus-Cheek get a lot of playing time, right? Yeah. And so I think just with the pure volume of games at the top teams, you have opportunities that people say like at the first of the season next year when it's kind of, He's not going to see a lot of time, but as it advances and we have more and more games that stack up, I think he's going to get opportunities to run around, which would be great. Yeah. Do you think, so we're still in the transfer window. Do you think you're going to get, are they going to make another move? I mean, obviously, probably. They're going to make a couple moves. Do you think going for a more traditional nine type player is what they need to do? Yeah. um, So there's the rumor mill is going nuts. So um, there's this guy, Iguain. Oh, yeah. He's... At uh, AC Milan. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and uh, Argentinian guy. Yeah. So, but like you know, balding, bearded, like great, great guy. Yeah. Um, but he knows Sari's style, and he's a great uh, nine. So there's been a lot of rumors around a swap between maybe Murata and Iguain. That's right. I think I saw that somewhere. Yeah. So there's this other guy on Bournemouth, Callum Wilson. Uh-huh. fast young yeah. guy yeah. like there's been rumors of him coming to fill that spot and so who knows and i mean at a full transfer on a transfer yeah on uh-huh. a transfer yeah yeah so yeah we need to fill that spot i think sorry and the team are looking at what options are out there to fill it but the truth is that's you know you just don't get a, like a sala or a sergio aguero they're, those guys aren't just sitting around doing nothing, yeah. right? So yeah. it's you know, yeah. it's hard at that level. It's hard to find the guy. Yeah, for sure. No, that totally makes sense. Well, each week we uh, have a term of the week, mm-hmm. and um, this week we're gonna do agricultural challenge. You brought to me. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet, but it sounds amazing. So tell me uh, what agricultural challenge yeah. is. Yeah, I don't even know. I think this this I think this term is familiar to most English fans, but yeah. I'm not actually sure how it's like one of those terms that you know that gets used in your circles and I think it's pretty broadly accepted, yeah. but the it's just the idea of an incredibly robust challenge. <laughs> Usually the kind of challenge that includes a bunch of, of of grass and mud coming up with you, cleats in the air, you know, both legs of the opponent come flying off the ground. It's it's an incredibly robust challenge. Yeah, it's I mean, I think it's challenge. it's a beautiful term, right? Yeah. There's so much imagery that <laughs> yeah, comes yeah. from it. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's great. Well, this has been really helpful, Gabe. Really glad to have you on. Um, it's great to hear about Chelsea, especially right now with this Pulisic information yeah, yeah. coming yeah. in. So yeah, yeah. that's really fun. So. 
Cool. Yeah, it's been it's been great. Thanks so much for having me, and hopefully, I did enough to convince you to land on Chelsea when it's all said and done. We'll see. We're we're into the second half of the teams now, so we're we're nearing nearing the finish line. So it's great. Thanks a bunch. Yep. Our theme song is Something Elated by Broke for Free. Thanks to One Mission, a community development organization giving people in poverty the opportunity to earn a house by serving their community. If you like these podcasts, go to onemission.org slash donate and make a donation to this amazing organization. 100% of your donation will go directly to our projects and programs and be tied directly to a family. That's onemission.org slash donate. Recording, mixing, etc., etc. is done by me, Nate Hughes. Everything, except for the intro, that's done by my wife, the beautiful Emily. We're on both iTunes and Google Play. Please rate us and comment if you enjoy the pod. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Football Neophyte without the E. That's Football Neophyte without the E. Stay tuned for episode 12 where we'll be featuring Wolverhampton or maybe Leicester. I actually don't have an interview dialed in just yet. Until then, grace, peace, and love. Is that okay? So good. Like a peppy cheerleader. <laughs> you know I'm going to use this as the ending. All this, all this stuff is going to be the ending of this episode. Just don't tell him what the other name was going to be. What's the other Hi. name? Welcome to the football neophyte. I'm including all of this <laughs> at the end of this episode for the 15 people who listen. <laughs> <laughs>